You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Hi, everyone. Steven here. And before we get this episode going, I want you to know that we tried something a little new in this episode. We only recorded for 30 minutes, and I'm curious if you prefer content presented in this manner more or less than our first two episodes. Also, our next episode will come out in two weeks as I just got back from New York City and had the opportunity to sit down with William Duro Solis, the newly elected treasurer of the Democratic National Committee. Lastly, music from today's episode comes from Wolf Saga. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of today's episode when we will play a track in full. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and I hope you enjoy today's episode. As always, thank you for listening. Every every major issue we face in the world today is uh, and not just environmental. I mean, you you talk about po- political issues, uh, migration, you know, uh, populism and and, and, na- and nationalism and politics. A lot of this can be traced back to uh, problems related to water, how we're caring for water around the world, how we're caring for our oceans. So, yeah, it's just we 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 saw that. There, there, there was, there's a huge role to play for, for media to do a better job of informing the public about what's going on today and the path we're heading down in the future. So that, that's where Water Brothers it came from in, in, a, in a nutshell, I guess. From Sustainable Joe's, this is 2084, a podcast about designing tomorrow, creating a sustainable future for all, told by the people building it today. Hi, I'm Stephen Such, and on our show today, how Alex and Tyler Mifflin turned a passion and an idea into an international TV show, all to protect Earth's most precious resource, water. Wherever you are right now, I want you to look around, because water is all around you. If you're wearing jeans, know that on average it takes 8,500 liters to produce a single pair. Maybe you're enjoying a morning cup of coffee, Start to finish, 37 gallons. Your lunchtime burger, 500 gallons. Even when you look in the mirror every morning, know that you too are approximately 70% water. And regardless to if you prioritize the social, political, or environmental component of water, I think we can all agree that protecting water is absolutely necessary. So in today's episode, we're gonna dive deep into the world of water from food to fashion to fish fraud in Toronto, bringing to the surface positive ways in which you and I, everyday Joes, sustainable Joes, can make a difference to protect our blue planet. Okay, monologue over. This is my conversation with Alex and Tyler Mifflin, documentary filmmakers, also known as the Water Brothers. Tyler, Alex, thank you for being here. I, uh, we, we started a new approach on the podcast it's just a, a raw, uncut thirty minutes. So if, if we stumble, we're gonna we're gonna work through it together. Okay. I like it. Uh, and then obviously uh, we we still have our beer. So cheers to Steam Whistle. Thank you. I will, cheers. I will get it all over there. Cheers. Mm. All right. So thirty minutes. Here we go. Um, how are you doing today, my friends? Uh, I'm doing well. Al's a little under the weather. Yeah, a little under the weather, but. Um, Feeling better today. I can talk, so 
Now, now's the time. Yeah, count your blessings, <laughs> right? And uh, and happy belated birthday. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thirty years old. I'm I'm old now. Really? So. I, I, I officially passed, apparently yeah. I passed people. the thirty uh, year old mark. Uh, yeah. a couple years ago. How old are you, T? I'm thirty one. So you know, as I had a lot of words of wisdom for Al when he turned thirty that I felt I should uh, impart his impart on him, and uh, you know, what was what was number one? Oh, don't think things too seriously and 30 is just a number fair enough i felt like i'm 30 since i was like 27 so <laughs> <laughs> basically when you started the show uh no halfway through you know it, it's yeah, a lot of stress <laughs> i'm just kidding well no i mean like i i remember when i made the film like and and i was lucky enough to have people like you guys supporting me i mean for everybody in in you know podcast listening land like tyler and alex they pff, helped me so much during the documentary making process um, from legalities to to sharing some of your footage that it, for the film so thank you there well it what goes around comes around because when we first started we asked a lot of people for help um you know we got footage provided to us from from some great organizations uh, so it's all you know we're all working towards a similar goal and you know we're all trying to just raise awareness and get more people educated about these big challenges we face uh so i think it, you know it's it's going to take a whole crew of people and all sorts of, you know, not just documentary filmmakers, but people from all walks of life. I think there's ways for people to incorporate, you know, sustainability and and just taking better care of the planet. Um, just sort of whole mental shift uh, a little bit to the left that we need everyone, you know, business leaders, lawyers, and teachers, everyone and everyone needs to be yep. sort of part of the solution. So happy to help in any way we can. Cheers. I mean, that that's the whole idea behind Sustainable Joes, right? Everyday Joes and Josephs, or Johans and, and Joes, yeah. Janes, everybody taking responsibility for for what our world looks like in the future. Let's talk about you guys, um, and and get right to it. When you talk about your your flagship brand and show, the Water Brothers, uh, in your own word, in your own words, rather, what uh, what was the the driver to create the show? I think it all started. Soon after we graduated from university, uh, I had just finished a degree in international development and environmental studies. Tyler uh, studied film production out at UBC. And uh, we just, we, we came back home and uh, we were spending a lot of time together, you know, moved move back to, into the parents' house together. So uh, just had a lot of time to talk about where we wanted to go with our careers, professional lives. And we, we were both had had a passion for you know environmental issues and trying to raise awareness about them and we saw we had an opportunity to you know combine our talents and our interests and and our, our abilities to you know maybe maybe create something that um that that that, that could get people more aware and, and engaged in in these huge problems we face and uh it it, a lot of these things were on our mind all the time and, and, and scaring us. And, and that's where the Water Brothers really evolved from is just, uh, it's like, how can we create something that's going to get more people aware and, and, and engage and worried about the things that were on our mind? And, and that's, everything came back to water. Uh, every, every, every major issue we face in the world today is, uh, and not just environmental. I mean, you, you talk about political issues, uh, migration, you know, uh, uh, populism and, 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 na and nationalism and politics. A lot of this can be traced back to uh, problems related to water, how we're caring for water around the world, how we're caring for our oceans. So, um, yeah, it's just we, we, we saw that 
there, there, there was, there's a huge role to play for, for media to do a better job of informing the public about what's going on today and the path we're heading down in the future. So that, that's where Water Brothers it came from in, in, a, in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah, and I think we saw there was a niche. You know, Al mentioned that water touches on, you know, everything. I mean, water, we... Everything, every, all life on this planet is, you know, based on water. And um, we saw that all these issues, whether it's social, economic, political, um, environmental, all water, and that there wasn't a show out there. We were kind of surprised when we, you know, we were saying we want to do an environmental show, but we kind of were trying to figure out what the theme and, you know, what was going to all be about, what were we going to be on camera, or was it just going to be a more sort of traditional doc style thing? And a lot just, of voiceover. Yeah. Oh, well, there still is a fair amount of that. But um, <laughs> the, we just saw there was not really any other content out there focusing specifically on water and looking at all the spin-off impacts that you know it has on our on our day everyday lives that you know everyday people just don't really think about um or well, make and, the and, connections to and people don't necessarily see it like can you give people examples like i remember at, at the green living show one that really like stuck out to me were jeans like i mean i i think people are, are becoming more aware of like the, the impact of you know, water and food. Yeah, absolutely. But water, like we, like we said, you know, water touches on every single thing you do in your life. So every single thing you eat, you wear, you buy, you consume, the me- even, you know, think about, you know, your computer or your the media you, you, you use on in the internet. That all requires water in some shape, form or another. With the food, it's the water that goes into the agriculture, even livestock, um, you know, you know, cows, chickens, everything, they have to eat something. And you know, a huge portion of our arable land on the planet, what is it, like? One third. Yeah, one third of the arable land on the planet is used to grow food, not for humans, but for livestock. So, you know, um, it touches in our lives in, in so many ways, you know, from the your computers, you know, you, they need ultra, ultra pure, clean water to, to, to make the processing chips. Um, jeans, you mentioned jeans, you know, it takes uh, on average about 8,500 uh, liters of water to make a single pair of jeans, 8,500 liters of water. Um, so, you know, we're not saying don't wear jeans. Wearing clothes is important, you know. Yeah. Uh, and we're all wearing jeans today. Yeah, I yeah. am wearing jeans yeah. today. But it's just it's just trying to make those connections for people and better help them better understand how water really is connected to everything they do. Uh, and I think by making those connections and showing people how they're connected through the environment, through the things they eat, they wear, they buy, um, and through water helps them better understand these issues and connect with them and see how they might be connected with issues on the other side of the globe. Because, I mean, take... Look at the the label on your jeans or your shirt. Where was it made? I almost guarantee you that it's not made in Canada, uh, and it's made in places like India, China, Bangladesh. Um, and so you are connected to environmental issues on the other side of the globe. And uh, one of the huge issues going on in the world today is just the lack of environmental regulations. Why do you think you can get a shirt for three ninety nine from whatever big box clothing store? Uh, it's because they're getting made in places where they have practically, you know, very little environmental regulations, and all those costs get and labor to, regulations. And, la- and labor regulations. Yeah, that's a big yeah. one too. Obviously, um, probably bigger so than the environmental side. But it, uh, you know, we're uh, putting these costs onto the environment through, uh, you know, just dumping pollution. And, and Alan, I have seen this. For firsthand in Bangladesh like you know what did you see just rivers that are literally you can't even call them rivers they're just sewage canals they're just they're toxic just 
ways for uh, pollution to get out um, that they just dump without paying any cost or there's no, you know, I'm sure there are regulations, but I'm sure it's not hard to bribe someone to get around it. Um, Tanner, leather tanneries are a big one. There's a really good uh, film called River Blue that, that we saw as well that, uh, that really looked at this issue. So we'd recommend anyone to check that one out um, because they really looked at it from a global perspective of just how the textile industries, not beyond just jeans, uh, are impacting uh, rivers and waters all over the world. Uh, but you know, when we were in Bangladesh, India, uh, many other countries, yeah, you, you do see the huge footprint that the textile industry has uh, on, on water because there's a multitude of chemi- chemicals that are used in the process of, say, making leather. Uh, there's things like chromium which is like a known carcinogen there's multiple different types of like cyanides and and things that anyone even if you're not a, a chemist would recognize yeah. as something that should yeah. not be put cyanide in. not good. yeah exactly not good yeah so it's like <laughs> there's uh it's a long list of things but e- even ones that are blatantly obvious to to the, the common person they'd say that's probably not a good idea to just dump you know un unfiltered uh into into a river but the that's that's the this toxic legacy of some of the clothes we wear um so yeah clothes is just one of many different things that we're connected to that if we you know start to think differently about uh we can do a lot to protect water um so like tyler was saying it's it's the 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 choices you make at the grocery store uh, can have a big impact it's the clothes you wear um it's it's the it's the method you use maybe to get to work it's the it's the you know seafood that you order out at a restaurant can have a, a huge impact depending on the type of fish you're ordering hey everyone just a quick shout out to two of our supporters first to steam whistle brewing from their 100 percent renewably powered brewery to their green bottles which can be reused up to three times more than a standard brown bottle quote unquote steam whistle is proud to support sustainable joes as we work to create a sustainable tomorrow together 2084 is also thankful for the support of Buns, your city network. Buns connects you with the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life or swap things you already have to get the items you need. You can find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and just a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com, that's buns with a Z or Z, and on your phone via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Lastly, this podcast is publicly funded. Thank you to all those who support our monthly Patreon campaign. If you have the capacity to contribute or would like your business to be highlighted on this podcast, send us a message at sustainablejoes.com. That's Joes with an S. Because whether you're a Joseph or Joanne, together we are a group of Joes. Now, back to the show. And in season four, you guys highlight fishing and, mm-hmm. and illegal fishing practices. And, and I thought one thing that was really interesting, you highlighted it at the Green Living Show, was like sushi restaurants mm-hmm. and mislabeled fish. Like that blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Can you go that, into that, that a little that bit? That blew our mind Yeah, too so there, about there's um, about one out of every five fish caught in the world today is caught illegally. Um, so twenty percent. Yeah. So so that's just that's what one 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 of the things we, we were talking about, and the, the other one is that um, a great deal of the fish that 
does actually uh, get to market is is mislabeled. Uh, and sushi restaurants are just some of the worst defenders of this. So this is um, when you know a, a lower uh, or sorry a high value fish is substituted for a lower value fish, such as. So you would have say like tuna, so, you know and, well when people go to a restaurant they they want to eat things like cod they want they want salmon they want halibut they sea want um, or, yeah sea bass maybe swordfish or snapper um, red snapper or yeah. bluefin tuna you know at a sushi restaurant so you want those high value fish that's where you're making the big money on but you know a restaurant you know margins are always really thin at restaurants what's what's one way that you could make a lot of money well you could you know. Sell, sell someone a $30 or $35, you know, filet of cod, but really you're selling them tilapia or uh, maybe you're selling them uh, Baja catfish instead. Or maybe you're, you know, you're telling someone they have, you have wild salmon from Alaska, but really it's farm salmon from, you know, low BC or farm salmon from uh, Scotland. And it could can, be from how, anywhere, but it's very tell, easy to substitute it. How can you tell the difference? Um, oftentimes you can't, and it gets a lot harder when, you know, these fish are cut up into really small pieces and then put into a roll of sushi. I mean, it's going to be hard, you know, especially, you know, we're here in Toronto. A lot of people here have never even seen a live, you know, fish, say a cod, you know, yeah. never seen, they've probably never seen a live Maybe never cod. seen the ocean. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe never gotten to see what that fish looks like, you know, filleted. And, you know, by the time it makes you to your plate, you've cut off all the morphological features all the, the 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 skin you may you know you have no you know way to identify that and often and a lot of fish look really similar like totally. a, a white yeah, fish a is yellow a white fin fish and is, a blue fin yeah. you know to the untrained eye in any form could look really similar and uh you know only people that are have a, a clear connection to where the seafood comes from maybe they're a fisherman or go they go to fish markets often they they might be able to tell but so yeah there's a huge amount of 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 seafood fraud so it, it's some there was a big study done by uh oceana which is uh the world's biggest uh, ocean-based con like conservation organization and uh, they, they did it with the university of guelph and this international barcode of life project and th they were identifying they were looking for seafood fraud all across north america and they found that about um of you know over 2000 i think it was um well the thousands of restaurants and uh retailers and about a third of all the seafood that they tested this is using dna barcoding testing um so there would be no you know mix-ups yeah. uh about a third of it was was mislabeled or was an, or was fraud outright you know seafood fraud so it's a third and in, in sushi restaurants they found that 74 percent of the sushi restaurants they tested were selling mislabeled fish um those so, are crazy numbers yeah yeah so that's like that's that's huge so um, have you seen any good strategies for solutions because i mean i know you guys are as much about solutions as as sustainable joe's is yeah well one of the e easiest ways is l look out for you know m maybe some look out for the high value fish that's what that's where you know you're most likely to get the the most fraud if you're buying something that typically sells for a high price there's a higher chance someone's going to try and commit fraud with that seafood so um you know no one's going to commit fraud with anchovies no one's going to commit fraud <laughs> with an oyster i mean people can kind of tell these things but it's those high value sort of big predatory fish that are also some of the most overfished fish in the ocean that's one of the reasons why their price is so high is because we're overfishing them there's they're harder to get yeah, less supply it's more expensive to go fish for them now so there's less of them out there we've eaten them so um that that, that that's where you're going to see a lot of it uh there's 
there, there's some, you know, well, well, one of the best ways is to just ask questions, you know, ask where, like, what, where the seafood was caught or, you know, where, where it's from, you know, it, it, a lot of the fraud doesn't necessarily happen. It's not the chef even sometimes. sometimes I was going to say. It's what, the person the, the chef's buying from. When 74% of sushi restaurants are providing mislabeled fish, it sounds like it's a more systemic yeah, problem. Yeah, it's a systemic problem in, in the whole, I think, global seafood market. Uh, and so we did two episodes in this four season looking at sort of this, rel- this sort of issue. And one was, you mentioned, the illegal fishing. Um, and we really were, in that episode, looking at uh, solutions to combat illegal fishing. Because where a lot of this illegal fishing is occurring is in very, um, you know... Um, developing countries where they do not have the resources to have a navy to to patrol their their coastal waters their exclusive economic zone the 200 nautical miles uh that that they own um off the off their uh, their the country's coastline um where they own the resources there so um so looking at low cost really innovative solution things like drones uh drone satellite programs um you know sort of underwater robots uh and using them in sort of conjunction to help uh, developing countries, really any country, with enforcing their, their 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 coastal zones and make sure that people from other countries aren't coming in to illegally catch fish. Because what happens, you know, there's it's such a huge problem that it's 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 really it's contributing to the the loss of biodiversity in our oceans and the overfishing of our oceans. You know, scientists work hard in all countries to come up with quotas, uh, and it's not a perfect system, but it, it's it's sort of what we have now and so you know the scientists will work teams of them and they work the fishermen to say hey you know okay here's the stock whatever stock fish stock it is you know based off our research we we think if we if you catch five out of every 10 fish that we think are out there that's going to be able to keep the stock in a healthy population where we can continue to yeah but then what happens is that you know so with illegal fishing none of those fish that get caught are going into those sort of statistics so they'll say you can catch five out of every 10 fish but what's actually being caught is seven or eight out of every 10 and then you know we keep with these numbers and then you know five years down the road oh crap the the stock is collapsing and you, you know this this it's a problem that's happening all across the globe. So it's really a, a global problem and one that needs a lot of attention. And thankfully, there are a lot of great organizations working to solve this. And if people want to get involved, what 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 could a regular Joe or Jane do? Well, well, I, I just like like I was talking about before, just like ask questions. You know, if if your if your waiter or if your restaurant can't tell you much about where that fish is co- coming from or or what type of fish, so they can't a- answer many questions about it. They they probably don't know if there's there's fraud happening or they don't know if that's contributing to a, a fishery that's having a negative impact on the environment so i would recommend that everyone you know download smartphone apps and uh smart food uh, uh sustainable seafood guides for their phones there's uh ocean wise uh program which is all across canada uh so it's like certified restaurants and they'll certify nice. certain things on the menu and they have a little symbol um, which is great. And then there's Sea Choice Canada is another great one that, that has a, a smartphone app you can download. And then the other one, is, if you're in the States, also works in Canada, is Seafood Watch, which is out of the Monterey Bay Aquarium. So there, there's lots of options out there. They're Beautiful. all free guides and they can just tell you, you know, what is this fish good to eat? They just have a sort of a green, yellow and red. And so it's not, doesn't work 100% of the time, but it's a good way to start. That that way you're going to know at least whether the type of seafood that you're ordering, if it is what they say it is, you're going to know whether it's, 
contributing to say a, a destructive fishery or one that maybe has been flagged because it has a high rate of illegal fishing. Um, so there are organizations out there. There are really simple solutions. That that's what that's one of the best ways to do it. And then another sort of general thing to think about is you know to try to eat lower on the marine food chain. You know, don't what do you focus, mean by that? Don't focus so so much on just eating the top predators. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why we have an overfishing crisis is because a lot of the pressure has always been on eating the, you know, uh, maybe it, maybe it's their fault, maybe just because they're tasty, but some of the bigger fish, you know, they take a really long time to reproduce. Um, they're slow to mature. They're, they're slow to mate. Um, and, you know, they don't have as many offspring as, say, anchovies or, or smaller fish or oysters. Uh, so eating lower on the food chain, you know, don't eat the biggest fish, eat what they eat or eat what those things eat. And um, that, that that's going to ensure that we're putting uh, taking some pressure off those top predators which are slow to reproduce and putting sort of spread spreading it out onto some of the other fisheries that uh can reproduce a little faster i mean that doesn't always work because of course shrimp which are pretty close to the bottom of the marine food chain shrimp fishing and shrimp farming um can can be really destructive on the environment so that's that's where it can be complicated so you there's not just one tip saying like eat lower on the food chain it's all going to be okay that doesn't always work there's lots of like fisheries and um, types of seafood low in the food chain that ha are overfished and aren't necessarily good to eat. So that's why it's good to go to these smart smart food guides. Yeah, so, so, smart food guide. No, sustainable seafood guides. Smart seafood guides uh, that that will that will give you that knowledge because you know you can't expect everyone out there to be a marine biologist, and that's Absolutely. sort of what you have to be to understand. You know what's sustainable and and what what's good to eat in terms of seafood. So but again, that, starting asking the questions, right? Mm -hmm, exactly, and that'll give you empower you to be able to ask some questions to say to uh, to a restaurant um, where you go eat out because that's where a lot of people eat seafood. And I think just go to the certified restaurants that are in the app. We yeah, have, we have yeah. nine minutes left. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, so I just want to get in there. You got a say, lot of content. You I have get a in. lot more power as a consumer than you know, and by voting with your dollars, by making businesses think twice about their practices, you have a lot of power. We all do. And if we all start, you know, spreading this knowledge and, and working together to, to encourage businesses to make the right choice or just, you know, to don't buy from them until they do, we have a lot more power than you think. And I, I think that's a good yeah, way to go. Yeah, and I know we've talked a lot about change. seafood and, and just like Ty's saying, and this is what will make it relevant to a lot of other things is that, you know, we've talked a lot about seafood, but we've got to think the same way about all the food we eat. Um, and everywhere we vote, including yeah, on our ballots, where, where where we vote, everything we buy, we can we can think that way. Like like we should be thinking about seafood. We can think that way about the clothes we buy and about the food we eat and about a lot of the decisions we make in our daily lives. So um, we if we if we do th think differently uh, th th about about all these different things, uh, that's how we're going to have an impact on, on on water in general, whether it's oceans or freshwater. And if we think collectively too, right? Mm -hmm. So. Four years in, four seasons. Did you ever think you would make it to four seasons of the Water Brothers? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think. Uh, I mean, you don't especially think so after or no? look at no, I, no, after, definitely, after, not. After, definitely not. And I look back and watch the first season episodes. I'm like, man, TVO was brave to renew us for a second one. But thankfully, <laughs> I think um, that we've improved every season. And I think we've really, um, with this four season, hit our stride. And, and I'm really, really proud of. I'm really proud of all the work we've done. But I think we've really come into our own uh, as documentary film Lakers with this four season. And I'm really proud of this. Uh, the episodes we've done. Uh, 
they're I think by far our best. Well, and you and you just made a a film too, right? That you released was it last month? Well, it was uh, our our company uh, uh, SK Films. It definitely wasn't our film. There was men, many other talented people uh, that 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 were doing that one. But we 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 played a small role um, in, in in making it happen. And it's called uh, Amazon Adventure, and it's about the story of Henry Walter Bates, who spent eleven years in the Amazon. Uh, in the 1850s. In the yeah, 1850s. The, the wow. Famous scientist no one's ever heard about. But. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> he, he provided what Darwin called the beautiful proof of natural selection. Um, and so we, we, we don't want to spend too much time on that. But um, but yeah, no, we, we, it's going to be coming to IMAX theaters uh, all around oh, the world. IMAX. Yeah, exactly. IMAX yeah, 3D. So that's so... It's a beautiful film, and uh, yeah, look out for it. It's going to be playing at at, at cinemas. Uh, IMAX yeah, it's already playing. Worldwide. It's playing at the Smithsonian uh, in Washington right now. It's playing, I think, at about fifteen other theaters across the globe. And if somebody wanted to gain access to it, Amazon Adventure the Film dot com, uh, and you can find out where it's playing. It uh, you know, it's not playing at like your local Cineplex, but it plays at museums and science centers all across the globe. Because um, everything we we do at SK Films is educational. Uh, we really want to try and drop knowledge on people and. Um, whether it's about a, a famous naturalist in the 1850s that you know helped form the theory of evolution and natural through natural selection, uh, to you know trying to educate people about uh, important environmental issues occurring today, um, you know the only way we're going to solve these challenges is through education uh, and getting you know a more informed public, uh, and that's really the solution and that's what we work uh, towards every day. Couldn't agree more. We have uh, we have four minutes and and. 40 seconds left. Um, one of my favorite questions to ask people, and I, I'm going to ask you both it, and then you can digest and, and answer the question. Based off of everything that you, you've learned on, on your journey, what question do you wish I would ask you? And what's the answer? <laughs> oh, oh making us do the work. Yeah, eh? like, um, okay. Uh, well, I mean, what, like, because you know like, what you really want to say. So what is the question behind what you really want to say? Because, I mean, I know I've gone into interviews before and I'm like, please ask this question. Please ask this question or try to massage in an answer. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, what do you want people to know? I'm, there's so many things I want people to know. Uh, I want people to know that they can learn more about all these challenges and what we can do to solve them by going to our website, waterbrothers.ca, <laughs> and watching our episodes because they'll do a far better job of explaining what we can do. We don't have time to go into it. I can do that. But I think that's one of the tough things about what we do is that we uh, – we touch on so many different uh, issues in the show. I mean, we yeah, over twenty six uh, different individual uh, sort of mini docs now. So there's a lot of information to go through, which is why we can end up talk, taking up a whole podcast just talking about illegal legal fishing and and, and problems with seafood. But it's uh, important because we have to protect biodiversity. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what what we'd want people to know is is a sort of a little bit related to what we were talking about before is that if you want to um, you know, do something positive for the environment, it's it just, it, it has to be part of your everyday life. It's not something that is just like Earth Day, you know, it's Absolutely. not something that's just, you do it on, uh, you know, Earth Hour, uh, you know, you turn off the lights for an hour. It's got to be something that becomes part of just everything you do each day. It's, you know, getting ready in the morning and thinking, you know, oh, did I bring my reusable mug, uh, you know, instead of running out the door and maybe having to get a cup, it's uh, a disposable cup instead. So 
Um, and it, 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 it ends with cooking dinner at night and maybe, you know, maybe that's the night that you decided to, uh, go meatless. For oh, we're year. having, we're having eggplant vegetarian. Pie. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah. So yeah, yeah maybe that's, that's the, the, the that, that night is, is the night that you decided to go meatless and you have to think about where you're going to go shop that, 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 that day after work and what you have to pick up, uh, because you have to learn that new, new recipe that you haven't made before. Um, so yeah, it, it, it has to become part of a daily habit and it, and it touches on every single thing you can do. And, and once you start to work away at that, that's how you can make a big difference in your, in your everyday life. And then on top of that, we, we just learning that we have to become, continue to become more politically engaged and, and, and hold people accountable when they're, you know, profiting off the destruction of our planet, uh, without giving anything back, because that's what we're seeing all around the world really is. There's just rich and powerful people that are making a lot of money off of maintaining the status quo. And um, and you can just see the whole world sort of shifting politically uh, and Donald Trump being sort of one of the figureheads of, of this, this change that we're seeing, which is just going to allow rich and powerful people to keep destroying the planet uh, at the sake of uh you know the vast majority of us and the the sake of all living things so yeah we just becoming more politically active and thinking about what we can do in in our daily lives and don't just think of being an environment like doing good for the environment as like a one hour a day or one day a year type of thing it's got to be a you know something that becomes part of you and part of everyone and and why this fight is so important is because it's it's just sort of like facts facts are true whether you believe in them or not um you know climate change is happening we're going to be impacted by the changes that are happening um through our environmental uh, through the actions you know through our increased carbon emissions greenhouse gas emissions and it's going to happen whether you believe it or not uh and uh, you know i don't like to sugarcoat it for people you know we all are all about solutions and trying to um inspire hope and change in people but things are going to get worse before they get better uh and that's the reality uh i think right now it's 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 how quick learning how we can adapt and mitigate the changes that are coming our way um to try and create a more healthy planet a more equitable planet for all people um and it's gonna like al said it's gonna take everyone and it's just got to become part of who you are you gotta sort of we can't it's not like oh i changed my my old bulbs to led bulbs i've done my part pat yourself on the back you know we 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 can't feel good about doing these small actions it just sort of has to become the everyday routine and we all gotta take part cool so how can people get a hold of you one and two what's uh what lastly what's what's the rest of 2017 got for the uh, water brothers uh, well, yeah, thewaterbrothers.ca is where you can watch all of our old episodes, including all the new season four ones. They're Beautiful. all up there. And check uh, out our Dive Deeper interactive stories. They're awesome. Yeah, there's just these series of interactive uh, stories on our website where you can learn more about the subjects covered in each episode with cool new animations and extra video content. Uh, and cool. then for 2017, um, you know, we're just, uh, you know, we're taking a bit of a, a break from the show. We're not doing another season with TBO. Uh, we're trying to revamp it um, and just looking at uh, maybe doing some feature docs uh, and continuing to develop some new IMAX films, educational films, uh, IMAX 3D films. So um, just trying to, again, just trying to figure out ways that we can reach as big an audience as we can to uh, with entertaining engaging and educational content uh which we think uh you know there's a serious shortage of in the world Couldn't too much too much terrible reality tv um and so we're just trying to fill that void and uh, along with other 
incredible filmmakers and um, people and artists of all sorts. So just trying to just create more content and uh, do something that we hope uh, will inspire people and, and help promote change in the right direction. Beautiful. Well, you, you boys inspire me. I, I thank you for what you do. I thank you for being the people you are. Uh, and I'm, I'm thankful to call you my friends. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Cheers. That was Alex and Tyler Mifflin, The Water Brothers. You can find out more at thewaterbrothers.ca. Now, before I sign off, last week I introduced the idea of episode challenges. This concept came from my producer, Koji, so that we can all take action together and celebrate community wins. Of course, we'll only know that you took action with communication, so post your picture, including our handle, at Sustainable Joes, and use the hashtag 2084PODC3. C for challenge, and three, because this is episode three. So what's this week's challenge? Considering the water footprint of food, I challenge you to eat a vegetarian meal. For example, choosing a veggie lover's pizza over a meat lover's can save north of 500 gallons. You can see my picture, my meal selection, on Instagram and Facebook at Sustainable Joe's, and I look forward to seeing yours too. Also, do you know someone or some company that's creating a sustainable tomorrow right now? Let us know at sustainablejoes.com and maybe we will highlight them right here on the 2084 podcast. As always, thank you to my producer, Koji Nagata, and the entire Buns Podcast Network. Thank you to Steam Whistle for the green beer, and thank you for listening. You can subscribe to 2084 on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and do us a favor. Please leave us a message while you're there. And when I say message, I mean review. Lastly, thank you to everyone who supports this project. We are publicly funded, and if you have the capacity, please consider a monthly contribution to our Patreon campaign. You can find the link at sustainablejoes.com. Music for this episode was provided by Wolf Saga. You can find them on Facebook by searching Wolf Saga. Always remember that you two are approximately 70% water and maybe eat a little lower on the food chain. I'm Stephen Such, and we will be back next week with a new episode. For now, I leave you with a track from Wolf Saga. Make it a good week, everybody. Bye-bye.